Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we're in for a very special guest. He's the legendary Udo Erasmus, who is founder of Udo's Choice Line, which can be found in Whole Foods and other health food stores worldwide. Udo designed the machinery for making oils with health in mind and pioneered flax oil, a billion-dollar industry. However, Udo walked a difficult path to become the man he is today. Being a child of war, Udo's life began with intense struggle. As a child, as an adult, he got pesticide poisoning in 1980, etc. Udo, I'm not going to read the whole thing because <laughs> I want to really get you to yeah. tell your story. And I want you to start about where you started climbing and where, you know, the the devastating hard things you went through and how you got to where you are now. Oh, you know, I've, I've never thought of myself as having some special talent. I always feel like a current of life pulled me along, took me along. You know, I, I, but I, I would say that my worst experiences in life were the most powerful ways to get me focused. And so out of, out of my worst experiences in life have come my best experiences in life. Let, let's go through that. Very consistently, let's actually. Let's go through some of those bad experiences or worst yeah. experiences you have so our yeah. audience can understand them. Yeah. Okay, so I started in the uh, Second World War. We were lived in Poland. It was part of Germany at that time. My parents came from Latvia and Estonia. And uh, the war ended when we were, when I was two and a half. And we were refugees fleeing from the communist tanks and trucks on dirt roads, on horse-drawn hay wagons, mostly mothers with young children. My mother had six kids under six, six or under. And uh, the communists were chasing us in tanks and trucks. The, you know, Hitler caused, caused the, mess, the mess in the first place. The Pope had an agreement not to comment. And the allies, the good guys, were using us refugees for target practice. There was no military presence on the road. They were shooting at us from planes. And I don't remember a lot other than just the feelings, anxiety, fear, confusion, chaos, hunger, um, there was nothing you could rely on. I never felt safe. So that those were the feelings wow. at the time. Wow. And, I was, and out of that, I became very withdrawn. So when I was a kid, I was very shy. I did a lot of experimenting with things on my own, try to find, fi try to figure out how things work, read a lot of books because books are safe. Even a book about war is safe because there are no real bullets flying, right? And uh, when I was six years old, I listened to people argue in Germany. We, we made it out. 
by the grace. <laughs> the, I listened to uh, German people arguing about things I thought were trivial as a six-year-old. And it occurred to me, there must be a way that people can live in harmony. And then a little uh, thought, like from a six-year-old who doesn't know how complicated everything is, I'm going to find out how. <laughs> and, that's been, and that's been my driver all my life. Wow. Wow. You know, the drivers, as I say, yeah. are important to understand, important yeah. to realize. You know, I, I didn't have your story, but, uh, you know, I was a top cosmetic doctor in 2003 when I was misdiagnosed with ALS and was told that I had six months to live. Oh, yeah. I went through anger, went angry like hell. I went through bargaining. Oh, God, please don't let this happen. Yeah, yeah. You know the things, sir. Yeah. We went through them all. Yeah. From our pain, from our pain comes some of our greatest achievements, right? Yeah, the learning, the pain, like the failure leads to the learning, and the learning leads to the accomplishments. That's right. right? It creates a different set. You know, at six years old, figuring out that I wanted to, I wanted to know how people could live in harmony as an overriding factor. You know, there's like, you have to go back and say, wow, the war was actually a gift because of what came out of it. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't recommend the war on anybody and it didn't feel like a gift at the time, right? You know, and it's true. But now I look back and I say, yeah, but it got me, it, it got me to a, fo a good focus really early because it was really clear to me, I didn't want to live my life that way. Good, good. And I didn't think anybody else should want to live their life that way either. Yes. So, okay. Let's let's go a little bit longer so that our audience would take you from your childhood to now. Yeah. Can you take us a little bit further down the path where you some of the things that happened and how right. you started getting awakened. Yeah, well, I, I guess when I was seven, I, I got kicked in the, in the head by a horse because <laughs> we lived above a stable and uh, there were nine horses and they all had metal horseshoes and they had these metal partitions between them. And they would, when they got angry and fought, they would bang their horseshoes against this partition. And there was a, the first horse closest to the, our stair, stairway upstairs was a big Belgian horse called Anita and she was really big and the next to her was a little little gelding called Max and whenever they got their hay I noticed that Anita would always push Max away from his trough and eat all his hay and then when all his hay when she'd eaten all his hay then she would eat her hay and he got nothing and I thought it was unfair so I went behind the horse and spit at it <laughs> like that and I didn't do it once. I did a bunch of times. You were rewarded with And I guess at one point, <laughs> yeah, at, 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 at one point she got, she got tired of it. And so she kicked me in the face with her horseshoe and literally took out one tooth with the root and just scratched, scratched the other tooth. And I had just a, like a little cut. It was probably like an eighth of an inch, just like on the corner of my mouth. But there was enough power in that. I mean, I could have taken my head off, honestly, right? But there was just enough power in it that I rolled backwards twice and then hit my head on, a, on the brick wall. 
And and I I don't know if I got knocked out, but I know when I got up, I was really, I mean, the ceiling was spinning and I was really dizzy and I could hardly walk and I dragged myself up the stairs. <laughs> That's and, the very uh, first time, sir, I've ever heard anybody be grateful for getting kicked in the head. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that my sense of justice got got affected by that kick. I think it maybe just became stronger. <laughs> I think so. so let's so take, that's a, little like, let's that's take funny, further, but, a little bit further down yeah, but, path, like awakening, as I said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I got um, in 1972, I got married. And we had three kids, and my marriage broke up. And I wanted to kill something. So I took a job as a pesticide, pesticide sprayer. I already had the license because I had gotten it as part of a gardening job that I had. And so I wanted to kill something. And so I took a full-time job as a pesticide sprayer. Um, and I was really careless. I used, to, I used to walk over the lawns that I had sprayed with pesticides until the skin peeled off the bottom of my feet. At that point, I thought, well, maybe this isn't a good idea. So I wore rubber boots, but it was a summer job and I liked be ha having a tan. <laughs> vanity, vanity, my favorite sin, right? <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I would always spray in a bathing suit. So no shirt, just bathing suit and rubber boots. Somebody told me, I forgot the tie, but but then what happened after three years of being careless, I got poisoned by pesticides. Okay, so let's let's And I went to the doctor. We're going to have to speed this up a bit because our listeners want 22 minutes, I'm told. So we're going to keep Yeah, okay. So I'm going to guide you a little bit more. Okay, so, so how did um, basically I got, the doctor said, we don't have anything for pesticide poisoning. Yes. So I became really interested in health because I had background in biochemistry and and genetics and biological sciences. So I went into the journals to find out how to help myself. And the idea is that if you're sick and you raise the standard for your intake of food, water, and air and light, because that's what your body's made from, you raise the standard of that. Within one year, 98% of the atoms in your body will have been removed and replaced to a higher standard. That's what wow. that's called healing. Yes. And so I, and then and in, in examining of like, what can I do? How can I raise my standard? I got stuck on oils because oils were the most confusing, most damaged. They're the most sensitive molecules. They need the most care. We give them the least care. We throw them in the frying pan. And so I thought, you know, I can't get healthy on damaged oils like this. We should make them with health in mind. And I was like, oh, it's another one of those moments. Okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and uh, so we, we created a method for making oils with, uh, without any light, oxygen, and high temperature damaging them because that's what they're sensitive to. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, then you make oils with health in mind. And when you make oils with health in mind, they, you know, when you treat them with care, they take care of you. And when you damage them, they damage you. The oils are that way. To our listeners, let's close the gap a little bit. Why are oils so important to a person's health? Well, there are essential nutrients in oils. They're called essential fatty acids, and people have heard omega three and omega six. Those are required. Your body can't make them, 
but you have to have them to live and be healthy. So they have to be brought in from outside. If you don't get enough, your health goes down, gets worse, degenerative symptoms. If you don't get enough long enough, you die. These are like the, the key building blocks for body construction. Okay. If you bring them back into a diet that is deficient and your health is, is suboptimal, then all the problems that come from not getting enough are reversed because life knows how to make a body work, provided we make, we make sure we bring in all of the building materials that life requires to do its job. And so, and so when I read about that, and then omega-3s were established as essential the year after I got poisoned. I got poisoned in 1980. This was 1981. And I said, and 99% of the population doesn't get enough omega-3s. And I said, oh my God, if we could make oils with health in mind and bring omega-3s back into, into people's diet, oh my God, we could help so many people. And I was like, I found a purpose for my life. And I, I, was, I, I, just, I just went off like a firecracker. And, and then on enthusiasm, I had no business background. We built that business on enthusiasm just because we were so, so on fire for being able to help so many people. One thing we discussed, you know, just before the show is Mm. that many restaurants in L.A. went out of business. 200 went out of business. Mm. The Hard Rock Cafe, which has been in in existence for 50 years, thrived. And it was because of its moral basis. Mm -hmm. So let's talk to our our listeners a little bit about the moral basis of your company and your foundation so people can understand this in their lives as well yeah so moral basis i i i guess it was just like number one we were on fire we were we it's oh my god we like we couldn't think how lucky we were to be able to <laughs> be involved in this right and it came out of our insights, but it is that, oh my God, it's unbelievable that I could do a thing like that. So that was, that was one of the, we never cut any corners because this was about quality. So we set standards for quality. Like we don't use plastic. We put oil in, in glass because plastic mm-hmm. leaches into oil. Yes. Yes. Has to be protected from light, oxygen, heat, refrigerated in the factory, refrigerated in the stores, refrigerated at home never used for frying. I mean, we set tons of uh, uh, rules for keeping the benefits of the oils that they have in nature in the oil and not losing them because of the processing that we do. Because a lot of our problems come from the processing and the damage that processing does to the foods the way nature grew them. Sure. And so that was a big one. And then if people, people wanted to... You know, we we created a buzz around it because of that enthusiasm. And then people would say, oh, yeah, we want to carry your oil. We want to carry your oil. So we we would have this interview and we'd say, well, number one, do you have refrigeration in your in your in your in your space? Because the oil requires refrigeration. If If they said yes, they have it. Then I would send them to the guy who did the business, who made the deals. To see if they could, to see if the deal would work. If they said no, I would say, "Are you willing to bring it in?" If they said yes, I would say, "Well, call us when you have it." And if they said no, I would say, "This is a good time to end the interview." <laughs> we were not willing to compromise our standards. Yes. Yeah, so for, your, your number one any reason your number one goal was quality, and you meant quality. Now I'm going to ask. Well, number number one goal was health. 
But health depends on the quality, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I understand, I understand. Now, I'm going to reach back into you as a person. Yeah. And all you've learned. What yeah. is your reason for being, or your raison d'etre, or your, your, your real substance? Can you tell us that? Yes. Came out of an experience that... <laughs> I was uh, I was trying to understand the the message of the masters, and I so I I took I went and got the le red letter edition, and started reading. You know, you know the ideas what the master said is all in red, and everything else is in black. So I only wanted to know what the master had to say. I wasn't interested in all of all of the other people around him, and so I I read that, and then I got in with the group. Who I thought who, who claimed to be following the same master, and uh, uh, and I walked in to this um, coffee house they had, sat down at a table. This guy swooped in and sat beside me, and I said I didn't say hi and I didn't say my name is. I just said, "Hey, it must be possible to see God and live," because we were told as kids, "If you see God, you die." And it was like, "How, how is that fair?" <laughs> you know, it's like, this is what you're supposed to be, you know, in reverence of, and then you see it because you're really reverent, and then it kills you, right? So it's like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, he had a different view. He he went ballistic. He said, you're from the devil. You're from the Antichrist. Get out of here. So he so he threw me out. And I'm, I'm standing on the sidewalk and say, well, let's see, I haven't seen God. So maybe I'm asking the wrong question. I got really confused. And I would, in order to clear my head, I went to the coast, west coast of Vancouver Island and spent a weekend on the beach. I used to go out into nature to clear my head whenever, <laughs> when I, whenever things got really uh, crazy, right? And, uh, and in the middle of the night, I woke bolt upright from dead asleep, and there was this being made of light there with a message, although there were no words, but a message that it embodied. And I could put words to the message, and the message was, I am come not to judge, but to love. And that, that's beautiful, Erasmus. And instantly, all my, all my desperation and confusion was gone. I have never had a question about what was the central message of the Masters, whether you talk about Christ or Buddha with his enlightenment or whatever. You, all of them had the same message. And that message is the message of the masters to humanity, but it is also the message of life to the body. Unconditional love from inside, and by the way, life is the master. Rasmus, Live inside of every human being. I'm going to ask two more questions. Now. Okay. How do you live a fantastic life? I take time every day to, to do a stillness practice where I do nothing. I mean, I'm still breathing, so that's some doing, but I do nothing. I get as still as I can be. I go as deep into that stillness as I can. I stay there as long as I can to experience what it is to be alive. Cool, cool. And that's my foundation. One last question. Yeah. What advice do you give to our listeners for living a fantastic life? Begin with that. That was also the message of the masters. Put that first. Cool. Do nothing first. 
And in doing nothing, you discover everything. And all of your answers are found in that stillness. And when you have that, then you can be the eye of your hurricane, you know, because everything's always changing around you. Where is your stable point? The stable point is inside of you, in the depth of your own being. And that is really important these days. And it's also the best life that anybody can live. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Udo Erasmus. He is such an amazing person. He's been hosted by Tony Robbins and Deepak Chopra and many of the most amazing speakers. He has sold over 250,000 copies of his book, Fats That Heal Fast, and, and Fats That Heal Fast That Kill. Fats That Kill. Yes. Udo, how can people get some of your wisdom, get in touch with you? How can they tap into this beautiful genius that you are? <laughs> Uh, so I have two websites. One is udoschoice.com, U-D-O-S-choice.com. That's where the products are. And I have another one called theudo, T-H-E-U-D-O.com. And we have uh, some information and education and courses and things like that. And I'm on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel at Udo Erasmus, I think, uh, and uh, Facebook and Instagram. I'm not hard to find. Okay. I'm just going to wrap up now. To our audience, could you please, if you like this, could you please put a like on it, whatever channel you're on, and maybe some comments, so we could pass this on to others. I would love you to be a part, a more part of this. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Did you know that you can get a free copy of Dr. Laika's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life? Yep. Just visit 13gpnow.ca and we'll send it right to you. That's the number 13gpnow.ca. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. We'll see you next week. Have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic day.